All right, so here goes our first podcast. It's really uncomfortable. We're not really sure what we're doing, but we're going to give it a try. Uh, we wanted to put something out there that's going to be a little more in-depth and personal than Instagram, just a little bit more long-form. Um, how's that Pop-Tart? Really good. <laughs> what kind? Um, brown sugar. So we're going to start by just kind of introducing ourselves. We're guessing that if you're listening to this, you probably already know us. You know a little bit about our background, but just in case anyone stumbled upon this, um, I'm Roy. I am 20. I'm finishing up my undergrad at the University of St. Thomas in exercise science and psychology. Um, Recently got certified as a personal trainer, and I've been doing some internships in strength and conditioning um, and building up a client base to just kind of gain some experience and and share what I've learned um, thus far. So that's kind of where I'm at. Uh, after graduating from undergrad, I'm hoping to find a master's or, or doctorate program um, and go from there. Ultimately, I'd like to work in a professional setting with athletes. Um, that's, that's the course I'm on. Jen? <clears throat> Hi, I'm Jen. I'm 21. I am graduating from Carleton this year, next year in political science, so not really doing anything with fitness um, in college. For me, fitness has always just been, like fitness is a super broad term, but it's always been a part of my life. Um, I grew up going to my dad's powerlifting meets, hanging out with him in the gym, Um, so lifting weights was always a constant for me, really fun. Um, I also got certified as a personal trainer through NASM and yeah right now I'm just taking on clients learning about programming stuff like that so I didn't really talk much about my background in fitness Um, I figure we'll get more into that as we go but just so you guys have an idea um, I grew up playing sports baseball and basketball were always my favorite Um, played through high school and Since then, it's pretty much just been everything in the weight room. Um, I have gained about 50 pounds since high school, just, you know, eating a ton, working really hard in the weight room. Um, I've learned a lot about building muscle, increasing strength. Obviously, I've still got a long way to go, but um, I'm happy to share what I have learned thus far. It's been really cool for me and Jen because after initially meeting, it was just something that we could share together and something that we can, you know, we can bounce ideas off each other and try new workouts together and train each other. So it's something really cool that we're able to bond over. Um, so then I guess just kind of what you can expect from this podcast going forward is we're hoping to just, like I said, give you something more long form, a little more in depth than Instagram rather than writing out fucking. What? Um, Blue? Rather than writing out, like, full theses, that's not a word, I'm struggling, Um, rather than writing full essays on Instagram, we can just kind of talk it over with you guys, have it be a little bit more informal, a little more personal, so um, in in the future we're going to cover, you know, various topics, we're also looking for listener questions, we got a few today, Um, but we'll just kind of see where it takes us, we're just trying it out. We also thought it might be cool for us to have a chance to just sit down and talk and have a conversation without anything else going on. Typically, when we're hanging out, we're watching something or 
doing something, multitasking, so we thought it would be cool to just sit down and talk to each other for a while. Um, you got anything to add, Jen? Um, I also played sports. What sports did you play? Um, I did volleyball. Well, when I was younger, I did um, taekwondo, which I guess is that a sport? I don't know. I did wrestling, softball, soccer, flag football, basketball, but then going into high school, I kind of narrowed in on um, volleyball. So I played volleyball for about six years as a setter, and then I did track. Um, I did pole vaulting and then sprints, but I just I wasn't great at either. <laughs> so <laughs> here I am, a powerlifter. Yeah, we've both kind of fallen into the more. Um, sorry, our dog is is going crazy. Um, we also have like an, an eight-month pit bull puppy, which has been an adventure, and maybe we'll talk more about that um, in future episodes. But as Jen was saying, we've we've all been we've both been deeply involved in athletics our whole lives, and that's something that we've carried with us. Um, we still try to mix in plyometrics, speed and agility, um, make sure our conditioning is okay, because ultimately a priority for me has always been that I don't want to just look like I'm athletic. I want to be athletic, and I feel like some people will at the expense of like their functional abilities just get huge and that's not really what I'm looking to do I want to be able to move and go play pick up basketball if I want to and things like that so that's always been something we've kept in mind um anything else before we answer these questions Mm, no okay um so we got asked a few questions on Instagram. We would love it if you guys would uh, continue to do that. It just helps us out, gives us some structure. Um, the first one surrounds, and, and mo- the majority of the questions we got surround nutrition. Um, more specifically, people are wondering about meal planning, eating late at night, um, and just good foods to eat in general. Jen, you want to start off? Which one should I start with? So just talk a little bit about like how you approach nutrition, and then you can get into some of these subtopics. Okay. Growing up, I don't think I really had. I think something that is important to talk about when we're talking about nutrition and fueling your performance is how that can sometimes come with disordered eating. Some foods aren't going to be great for performance. Other foods are going to be a little bit better. Um, But that doesn't mean that any food is inherently good or bad. It's just the context in which you're viewing that food. Um, All foods are made up of the same things, chemicals. So, like, my approach to nutrition is kind of the the 80-20 rule, if you've heard that. 80% foods that are going to make me feel good, that are going to be good for my performance. Like, quote-unquote, clean Foods. Yeah, like what you would consider like clean foods, no. um, which still undergo a lot of processing. Right, but it's going to be like your chicken, rice, vegetables, things like that. That's where the majority of our food comes from. Um, sweet potatoes. Sweet potatoes. We kind of have like our staples in our diet and we stick to those for the most part. Um, but you want to give yourself some some flexibility and be able to live and go out and eat pizza and burgers and and share a meal with your family because that's also that that brings in like a a social aspect so really I feel like we look at it pretty similarly in that you have to have a good base and 
for me that has been really establishing a few foods that I really like. I'm not really someone who gets like sick of eating the same thing. So even if it, it really helps to just mix up like this, the seasonings you're using or sauces or whatever, but like usually lunch or dinner for me is just gonna be a carb, some, some type of meat and some vegetables. So usually for me it's white rice, chicken or ground beef, sometimes pork chops. Um, and a vegetable and I just pretty much stick to that and then outside of that I can I have flexibility and I can do with it what I want um, that's ultimately what it comes down to is just coming up with like a, a structured plan for you to follow but allowing yourself some wiggle room as well um, and that's that's sort of how I look at it um, I think something important especially for athletes that has to deal with that is nutrient timing so nutrient timing, there's been a lot of research that says it's the end-all be-all. And by that, I mean um, you're not going to get any gains or you're not going to perform well if you're not eating carbs or a certain, a certain amount of carbs, a certain amount of protein, a certain amount of fat at a specific time. Um, more recent research has said that that's like important mm, a little bit, like 5% of your performance can depend on nutrient timing. Don't quote me on that. I just read it on Elite FTS. Um, but I do often use nutrient timing. So an example of how I use that is I train in the morning often. So about an hour before my workout, I'll have oatmeal with powdered peanut butter, chia seeds, a fruit. That's going to be a lot of carbs. It's a little bit of protein. So that's going to help me have a great workout. Then after that, I'm going to have more carbs to uh, replenish my glycogen, even though, you know, being a power lifter, I'm not really depleting any <laughs> a ton of glycogen. Um, Later throughout the day, I'm going to incorporate more proteins and fats and carbs. Um, but this all just goes along the line of flexibility, the 80-20 rule. Um, so it's not a rigid structure at all. I just think it's important to talk about nutrient timing and that it's not super important, but you should consider it. Just to give you guys like some context, we're not going to get too into the nitty gritty, um, but basically... We have both used apps like MyFitnessPal in the past, and I still do, um, and that's going to be where you're, you're calorie counting, you're counting your macros, and when we refer to macros, there are three macronutrients, there are fats, carbs, and protein. Fats have nine calories per gram, carbs and protein have four calories per gram, and so what that's going to do is it's going to give you a target goal for each one of those macronutrients, and that's going to allow you to kind of cater your eating to whatever you're trying to accomplish. So the MyFitnessPal calculator itself, like if you just go on the app and type in your goals, it's probably not going to be terribly accurate. And that's just because so many factors contribute to your, your calorie needs. Um, when you're just at rest, you're burning energy. Uh, usually it's fat just based on the energy systems your body, your body uses. Um, when it's more high intensity, then we're calling on shorter term energy systems. But when we're just sitting there, we're, we're usually utilizing fat for energy. Um, anyway, so you're burning calories when you're at rest. You're obviously burning calories when you're active. So you also have to take into account, you know, what you do for work, how active you are throughout the day. For me, example, I'm about 170 pounds, um, maybe a little bit more. But 
I am very active and I'm, I'm young, so I have a high metabolism and I have to eat over 4,000 calories just to maintain my 170 pound frame, which sounds ridiculous, but it's just the reality. Um, so it, it takes a long time to kind of figure out what your needs are. And obviously from there, if I want to gain weight, I'm going to add calories. If I want to lose weight, I'm going to drop my calories because ultimately it's calories in versus calories out. That's going to determine what happens to your weight. But when you're looking at nutrition as a whole, it's a lot more than that. It's actually what nutrients are you getting? um, What's the balance like? Yeah, body composition um, is also going to be somewhat determined by your macronutrient makeup. So um, I guess for like a leaner body composition, more protein is going to be what you need to aim for. Right. I um so there's a lot of debate around first of all, if you go to your doctor, like for example, when I go to my doctor and they might ask, do you know, do you take whey protein? How much protein are you eating a day? They're going to tell me I'm crazy because of how much protein I'm eating. But that's just cuz they don't realize the demands that you're putting on your body when you're in the gym every day. Um, particularly lifting weights. So protein is really satiating. It's going to keep you full. Generally, people recommend between like 0.8 and 1 gram per pound of body weight. I'll usually start people on the lower end because you're probably eating a lot less right now than you think you are um, if you've never like tracked it. So I, I, I think 0.8 grams per pound of body weight is a good starting spot. If you're looking to gain weight, build strength, really make any type of improvements on your body, you're going to need enough protein. So that's a good starting spot. And then from there, like Jen said, um, how you fill in the rest of your calories is going to impact your body composition. You'll hear a lot of people are following keto these days. Um, That might be good for someone who doesn't need a lot of short-term energy um, because that's what carbs are going to give you. But for me, I'm a student. I'm moving around all day. I love carbs. I eat a lot of them. Um, So it all just depends on your goals. And I think one important thing to mention is that while we have used MyFitnessPal in the past, and it's been a good tool for me, especially actually to make sure that I'm eating enough rather than not eating too much, that's been helpful for me, um, is that it, it, it's a dangerous thing in that it would be very easy to think your macros have control over you and, and, make, and make your decisions for you, which they shouldn't. And I still struggle with this to this day. Um, you just can't get caught up in the little decisions because ultimately like one meal or one snack or whatever it is, one day is not going to make a, a difference in the big picture of things. And that's sort of the, one of the bigger themes is that you have to look at nutrition as more of like a long-term thing rather than a daily or a, a meal-based thing. Yeah, and two add-ons. If you were, if you were to use an app like MyFitnessPal um, or just like I guess a calorie counter, macro counter app, those are all estimations. So your body's caloric demands change daily. Yeah. Also depending on what you're doing that day. So everything is an estimation, which is more evidence to say that you should not be letting these numbers rule your life or dictate how you're feeling. And then one more clarification is that in no way do we want to body shame anybody or or say that to have more muscle or to be leaner is to improve your body. That, that would just be to improve athletic performance. You want to have more muscle on your frame. You typically want to be a little leaner. Um, but in no way are we saying that having a lot of muscle, being small, 
um, being lean is better than having more fat or, you know, not having as much muscle. Yeah, and we were talking about this before and just that there's this huge misconception that your body composition in terms of like body fat percentage dictates how healthy you are as a person, which is just so not true. Um, there are so many, really it, it comes down to internal health. Um, you'll see a lot of skinnier people with, you know, they have like skinny abs and they assume that because of that they're super healthy or just because they're skinny they're healthy, but that's not always true. You might see someone that's very skinny and has super high blood pressure um, versus someone who is technically overweight or has a higher BMI, but they, you know, their cardio is good and they take care of their bodies and eat well. So it, it's, it's, there's more than meets the eye when it comes to that. And I think another important thing we should mention with the MyFitnessPal part is that, like I said, this is going to be a tool to help you make yourself more aware of what you're putting in your body. Um, it doesn't, you shouldn't, you shouldn't depend on it forever. What you should do is, is use it until you feel like you have a good grip on what you're putting in your body and what is in the food that you're eating and how much you have to eat daily. And then from there, it should be pretty intuitive. You know, I feel like we could both, Jen and I could both delete my fitness pal and we wouldn't gain or lose weight just because we've done it for long enough to know what is in the food we're eating, how much food we need and how we should structure that around our workouts. So it's really just a tool to kind of educate yourself and if you guys are looking for any resources on how you can get started on that stuff you can always dm us on instagram um we've both go out of our way to continue to learn about it and we've been we've been doing it for a while now so if you're interested just let us know um we move on to that? yeah let's get to these questions and i'm we apologize for the lack of structure here we're still just trying to get used to this platform so the the listener questions were Number one, surrounded meal planning. Um, so I'm assuming this is kind of talking about like prepping food. We'll, we'll look at it like food for the week. Mm -hmm. Does that sound good? Yeah. So how I approach this is, like I said, I have my staples in my diet. So I always make sure that on the weekends, um, we like to go grocery shopping on Saturdays and then I cook all the food on Sunday. So I'll make huge batches of chicken, white rice, vegetables, ground beef. I'll make everything on Sunday. And I'm not going to lie to you guys, it sucks. It takes a lot of time, but I'm always so glad I do it during the week when there's already food that's made. Um, you can definitely, like, it, it takes a lot of Tupperwares, but if you wanted to, like, pack up your dinners for the week, too, on a Sunday, you could do that, and that would be tremendously helpful. But yeah, the big thing is is making sure that you have a large amount of those foods ready. So always have some, some cooked meat in the fridge. Always be ready for that. Um, and I even do like, before my week starts, I have an incredibly busy week where I'm waking up very early, only stopping home briefly throughout the day between school, work, internships, and so, and so forth. So I... I pack up snacks ahead of time. I put, you know, my granola in bags, chia seeds in bags, things like that. And I'm just, I try to be as prepared as I can. The more prepared you are, the less room for error. Um, that's kind of how I look at it. So I always try to have the stuff I'm going to need on hand and make sure that it's ready and just be as prepared as possible. Yeah. And like I said, if the only time you can go to the gym is in the morning, like that, for me, that for a long time, the only time I could go was at like 5 30 a.m and nobody wants to get up and make breakfast at 4 30 that's not fun so try to prepare the day before now if you do this it can get um it can kind of become an obsessive thing and that's not what you want when you're thinking about food and nurturing your body you don't want it to be 
a chore necessarily, but what I do the night before is I just prepare overnight oats so that I can have that in the morning and I don't have to worry about making food and thus I can get to the gym on time. Um, so also consider uh, how busy you're going to be the next day when you're planning food. Um, yeah, I think that's huge. Um, I Just like Jen, I, I do... I, I make oats the night before and I'm getting up at 4.30 the next day, but I have everything ready to go. So usually for me, I have to have food for like the first half of the day. So I'll have my oats that are already prepared and then I bring with me like a protein shake, a banana, some yogurt, um, a bagel, things like that. So I just try to have a ton of stuff ready for the, the first part of the day. Um, like I said, the more prepared you can be, the better. And it, I find that it's easiest if you just find foods you like and really just kind of stick to them. Um, that's what works best for me personally. I think that goes into the, to the good foods to eat. I think we've already covered that a fair amount. Yeah. Um, so you want a protein, a carb, a fat, uh, don't necessarily think about processed foods because all foods, most foods that you're going to find in your grocery store, besides like fruits and vegetables are going to be mildly to highly processed and processing doesn't make anything inherently worse for you or better for you yeah um i agree so i kind of kind of along these lines um building habits and and healthy relationships surrounding food um something that i mean me being a powerlifter um there was the narrative in like the early 2000s to just eat get big and then you're going to get strong because you're eating to get big, big get big that's what yeah. I always heard that is a disordered way of thinking about food and thinking about nurturing your body but so is what oh, is happening right now which is i guess eat food is is only for performance food is only for it's not really to be enjoyed but rather you're just fueling your body I think that food is meant to be enjoyed and it can be a tool for performance. So when I'm working on my relationship with food, which is always, I always think about um, how I feel eating that food, what that food makes me feel like after I eat it, and what is going to help my, you know, state of mind the best. If I'm rushing around and I can't get home to my protein shake that I need technically to hit like my macronutrient goal. But instead, in front of me, I have like a like a platter of like cheeses or vegetables or something. I'm gonna eat the thing that's gonna make me not feel hungry hungry anymore yeah. because that's that's a sucky feeling. So you can look at it as like, I mean, you can and you should look at it as food is fueling your body, but also that food is meant to be enjoyed. And do you have anything to yeah, say about that? Um, I agree with everything you said. I think it is important to be disciplined and like I said in the, the previous segment, be prepared. But um, when it comes to like building habits and building your relationship with food, I think it comes down to not being on either side of like an extreme on the spectrum. So when I was growing up, I grew up and I was overweight. I would get bullied for it. I hated it. So then pretty early on, like elementary school, I 
I've always been a really disciplined person, so I kind of just like cut out junk food, and I lost weight, and it worked well for me. So from then on, I approached food as I, I thought, you know, junk food's bad for you, good food's good for you. That's how I achieved my goals. Um, and then once my goals shifted, and I actually wanted to get bigger and and put on size, I had to completely adopt a new mindset. Um, I had to adjust to eating Pop-Tarts. I had to adjust to eating ice cream um, and looking at food as, I, I think I do to a certain extent look at food as fuel, like Jen was saying, but also I, I just think about why I'm eating this food. You know, like, am I eating it to enjoy it? If so, that's acceptable. Am I eating it to fuel my body? If so, that's acceptable and encouraged. Um, but it, when it comes down to, are you eating this food because you feel down or you're trying to escape from something. I think that's where people run into issues. And I think it ultimately comes down to just having a balanced perspective on it and knowing that no one meal is going to make or break you. Um, and when it comes to like the discipline side, like I said, being prepared is key. And I think sticking to a pretty strict schedule, like for me, I just eat every hour and a half, every two hours, which I know is not realistic for everybody. So it's going to be individualized, but that helps me just make sure that I'm getting in the, all the food I need, um, the right amounts of like, quote unquote, good food, nutrients. So one thing I encourage everybody that I work with to do is, is eat um, some fruit an hour or half an hour before their workout to fuel their workout. And then after having some source of protein along with carbs. Um, and that even just like if you're able to change that one behavior, that two-hour window throughout your day that'll make a huge change so just I would start with just small steps whether it be like just changing up your breakfast um, just trying to build you have to build new habits from the ground up and you can't just jump in head first and and cut out all junk food if you're eating you know if that's what you're used to right now and you shouldn't because that's unsustainable exactly you should be able to enjoy your food Um, and this is such a we could talk forever about this um but the gist of it is you want to be you want to be disciplined but you also want to know why you're eating the food and know that it doesn't have to be just to fuel your performance and try to meet your goals there are a number a number of reasons why we eat food and all of them are reasonable so yeah you definitely want to eat in a way that is sustainable for you um so something that a lot of people do is like, well, I'm going to do keto because, you know, I want to lose a lot of body fat or um, I heard it's supposed to be really good for your hormones. But then, you know, they see a slice of chocolate cake and my dad is like this sometimes. Um, And he, (laughs) hopefully he's not listening. And he has a sweet tooth. Um, But, you know, keto is a super strict diet. So you just can't do that. That's and he's pretty good at adhering to keto, so let's just stop using him as a, an example. But that's not sustainable for that diet. You want to eat in a way that's going to keep your body in, in balance. Your body wants to be, you know, it wants to know what to expect. It wants to be in homeostasis. You want to eat in a way that's going to allow it to serve you um, and work with you. And, you know, at the end of the day, you just have to be objective with food. All food is made up of the same things. A lot of typically healthy foods go through um, a lot of processing. Almond milk, very highly processed. Um, You definitely want to just remember that it's all just chemicals um, in different compounds. And I'm not a science major, 
but that's like that's how I like to think about it. I am a science major, and I I definitely I don't I don't disagree, and I think the the underlying message there is that like she mentioned how, and I see this with a lot of people is that people will pick a very strict diet and they'll adhere to it really tightly for like a week, and they don't allow themselves to indulge when they want to. So maybe you you're you've been wanting. Uh, ice cream for five days and you don't give yourself some ice cream so rather than having one bowl you eat the whole container because you just can't control yourself anymore and we're not qualified to speak on eating disorders we don't have the knowledge we're not registered dietitians but I think what I'm trying to say is that it's a it's a principle that applies to a lot of things and it it applies to self-care in that would you rather give yourself time to watch one episode of The Office today or would you rather have to skip school the next day because you just can't get out of bed and that's all you want to do and you just are burnt out? I, I mean, I, I really think that applies to all things in life and that you just have to be really self-aware and, and look at the, the big picture in the long term. Um, should we move on? Yeah. We're going to go to our last question. Well, there's one more thing here with nutrition. So somebody asked about eating late. Um, like I said, we're not registered dietitians. In my, in my experience, I haven't had many issues with eating late. I do know that um, people tend to recommend eating a little, eating like a small amount of carbs before bed, and that may actually help you sleep. I know that typically you don't want to have a lot to eat before bed, especially fats, because they take longer to digest. So you do want to be careful eating right before bed, but when it comes to like eating late at night, your body doesn't necessarily know what time it is. Yes, mm-hmm. like melatonin is beginning to be secreted, your body's beginning to wind down, but I think it's more important to make sure that you're getting in enough food. So say you just, for whatever reason, you just couldn't eat that day, like you just could not find time to get in food, you forgot to pack it, you forgot your lunch, whatever. I think it's better to go home and eat and maybe have your, your sleep suffer a little bit, and it may not. I think a lot of that is psychological too. Um, Ultimately, I don't think it really matters what time you're eating. I like to try and front load my food, so because I have to eat so many calories, I try to eat them, I try to get started on it as early as possible. I have a meal pretty much right when I wake up, and then from there on, I'm eating very frequently so that at the end of the day, I don't have to, you know, have 2,000 calories to eat when I come home from work or whatever. So I think you have to be smart about it, but ultimately, if it comes down to it, I don't think you're going to be caused any harm by eating late. Yeah, your body does not have a like an inner clock that's like, oh my god, you're eating carbs past 8 p.m., past 10 p.m. And truly, like, I don't know where the whole no carbs past 6 p.m., past 8 a.m. came from. Like, I just, it, it, there's the rationale behind it. I don't know. Yeah, um, and, like, there is a thing about, like, your body wants to know what to expect if you don't typically eat a ton past 10 p.m. but you come home after like being out with friends and you're just really hungry your body might be a little you might feel a little off the next morning um but that's not because you gained like weight or fat etc i think the bottom line here is that like i wouldn't try i wouldn't purposely put off all your food so you can eat a lot when you come home i would try to get it in throughout the day but if there is a day when you have to eat a lot late at night you're gonna be all right and that comes down to essentially there are two hormones that regulate hunger and a lot more it's a lot more complicated than that but these hormones are are gonna possibly they're gonna fluctuate based on when you eat so you might find that if you eat late at night you're not hungry the next day etc but 
I would just try and find a schedule that works for you and stick to that as best you can. Yeah, and in one instance when you might want to eat a lot before you go to bed is if you have to wake up really early to do your workout and it's a high-intensity workout. You might want to have um, a high-carb meal with a little bit of fats just so that you have that energy in the morning without having to eat a ton. Um, that's just like one instance, but it's really going to be catered to you and what you can do that and what's going to be sustainable. And I think that calls on another topic, which would be intermittent fasting, which that would be a separate episode. Um, but that just made me think of that. So if that's something you guys are interested in, let us know. Um, the last question we got surrounds steroids. So we should pre preface this by saying that we've never taken steroids. We take creatine. We take creatine. <laughs> Everyone should be taking creatine. Um, it's well documented. It's safe. Steroids, on the other hand, I have not delved into the research on them as, as to be able to speak specifically on like the ins and outs of steroids, but my, my thoughts are you should push yourself until it, you can make a ton of progress naturally, and I don't think unless you've given yourself sufficient time to really push like your genetic potential. The years. Like years, decades, then I don't think anyone should be considering steroids. I, the majority of people who are using them are professional athletes or they're b at the highest level High. bodybuilders that have reached their genetic or potential and need that ex or powerlifters that need that extra boost or think they need that extra boost. So ultimately, I'm, I'm, my stance is no. I, I'm not gonna take steroids. There's been enough evidence for me that it has it seems to have adverse effects on health and anytime you're messing with hormones I don't like I said I don't know a ton about steroids but I know that a lot of times it involves injecting testosterone growth hormone mm -hmm. I I just think that could just logically if you're giving your body that artificially your body's not going to want to produce that on its own and I think that could cause yeah. a myriad of problems so the bottom line is that if you're considering steroids, I think that you should have already done everything you can do naturally. You should have used all your other resources. And most people haven't done that. Most people are not taking creatine. Most people are not, you know, going the extra mile in their workouts. So, and if you do plan on doing it, make sure you consult a doctor and you do it safely. Yeah. Um, the thing is, a lot of people will never reach their genetic potential. Um, and another reason people use steroids is because they don't think that they have the genetics by themselves. Um, and that just isn't true. You might not have the genetics to be the best volleyball player um, or to be the, the best at one thing. But, I mean, a lot of people work past that. So the way that it's always been taught to me is that you need to be doing 90%, 95% of, you need to be doing 95% right before you try steroids. Steroids are the last 5% on top. So, That's 95%. You, <laughs> yeah, 95%. So you need to be sleeping. You, you need to be sleeping regularly and a lot. You need to be, your um, diet, nutrition needs to be on point in the gym, that all has to be perfect in order for steroids to work. Steroids just help you recover faster, but you have to be giving yourself that time to recover. You have to be making smart choices. I think it's also good to 
realize that I know a lot of enhanced powerlifters, um, enhanced bodybuilders, and that's their choice. That my opinion on steroids um, should not dictate what you know what they decide to do with their body, just as their opinion should not dictate what I do with my body. So it's important to remember that it's just hormones. It's just chemicals. We ingest chemicals all the time. So, you know, and no chemical is inherently bad. It's just the way, like, people cycle things. Um, and the fact that, yeah, steroid use does have a lot of effects that are negative. Um, some are infertility, yeah, um, like acne. I said, I don't yeah, we know don't really we're know. Qualified to no. speak on specific like physiological yeah. things that are going to happen, but we do know that there will be consequences. Yeah. Um. And it just ha- you have to ask yourself, is it worth it? And I think to me, it's not worth it. So that's kind of yeah. where I stand on it. Um. And and like we said, but what we say, you know, we have no business telling y'all what to do. So if you are interested in cycling something, um using a type of performance enhancer um you should definitely consult your doctor and you should be getting blood work done often yes and that's really all we can say on steroids yeah we'll wrap it up now um sorry if we were all over the place a little bit like i said it's our first our first podcast um hopefully this gives you guys an idea of like where we're coming from and we're really we're just putting this out to help you guys um or to give you guys a better idea of what we're what we're doing and what we the message we're trying to promote which is ultimately just to be be mindful and intentional in in your actions and help you guys set goals and and achieve them so we are currently pretty we're we're both taking on clients um we're pretty busy right now we have school we have a lot of things going on but we're always there if you guys have questions or um anything like that you can always reach out via instagram or however else you might want to um be sure to send in questions i think we're going to try to make this uh, an every sunday thing if our pets will allow us um anything else jen nope thanks for listening if you made it this far